Let's be real. Dealing with tangled cords can make it harder to do your hair. Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. Get the curls and waves you want, anytime, anywhere. It's designed to let you experience the power and freedom of beauty in motion. No cords to hold you back. You get your curls and waves your way. Unplug and be unbound. Loose curls, tight curls, beachy waves. The Unbound Cordless Auto Curler makes it easy to get the looks you love. Love your look. Live Unbound. Available at conair.com and search Unbound. Welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, as always, is Manu Vets. Manu, how have you been? Yeah, pretty good, Bryce. Um, busy days, but very good. How about you? How are things over in London? Yes, all very good. Remember I spoke last week about how we had weather that you would imagine would be straight from Mexico? Well, that's gone. That's good. It's just it's just wet and cold again. But uh, we've got a bank holiday weekend next weekend. And apparently, it's to get better. So um, yes, I suppose I'm being very British and speaking about the weather. But some days it just <laughs> just grates on you, doesn't it? But um, uh, joining Manu and I this week, he's back from his trip to IKEA. It's Ollie Duxbury. Ollie, hello. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yes, I did go to IKEA. I had one of their nice cheap breakfasts. It was very delicious. But no, all all is good in the land of suit su- of the uh, super Essen. Had a live game today that was quite enjoyable. So no, um, but it's always best to be talking about Mexican football rather than watching some super Essen rubbish. For, for anyone doesn't <laughs> all, know, the super Essen is second division uh, uh, Swedish football, which um, Oli got uh, moved from. Uh, from being an analyst to Liga MX to it, they thought they were doing him a favour. They were not. <laughs> they were not. Um, I, I suppose, um, Ollie, what we should do is, um, at the uh, very start, is ask, uh, who should we be looking out for in the Super Red? And who's, who's your favourite player so far? Yes, to uh, Google it. Did, did you listen to it? <laughs> Uh, if we look up for any team so far, probably Falkenberg are quite good. They've won all four of their games so far this season. Uh, players, I'm actually trying to have to think of players off the top of my head now that are quite good. There's one that plays for a team called, oh, I can never pronounce the team's name because it's got like the two dots above the O. It's like Orgreiter or something like that. They've got this player called Diego Montiel, who's actually, who is really, really good, but he, he stands out in a division among a lot of players that are, wouldn't probably make it in the English like fifth or sixth league uh, division, so that sort of shows the uh, standard I watch. <laughs> oh, no, no one that's going to be heading to uh, Blackburn anytime soon on your recommendation, but uh, the new oh, promoted Blackburn, I might add. Newly promoted Blackburn, yeah. But um, <laughs> um, I, I feel at that point we need to just stop you talking about cigarette enough. I think we're done there. Um, no. <laughs> no, no disrespect to them, but so uh, we want Mexican talk, don't we? So um. Yeah, let's let's jump in. Let's get get involved. Um, a rather busy week in the last week. Obviously, tonight we will be talking about uh, the Ligia, um, who has qualified for it. Um, a little bit of relegation chat as well. But be- 
before we get to that, I feel it's about time we speak about Chivas. Uh, Manu and I talked about um, the Goats last week and about how they're a bad, bad, bad team. But they managed to win. No, uh, Bryce, they are very bad, bad. Very <laughs> bad, bad team. But, but uh, yes, uh, they proved not so bad, didn't they, in uh, taking the title after a uh, 2-1 defeat. But then they went to penalties and, well, seen it out. Uh, quite an achievement for Chivas. Um, Mario, what are your... What's your opinion, especially as you're normally, not on this occasion, but based in North America, and some would say that Toronto, the Canadian side, are um, the best MLS side, possibly the best MLS side uh, they've ever seen. And uh, on this occasion, Chivas, who we know domestically have not been very good um, in this last year since they became champions, uh, managed to beat them. Yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that Toronto bottled it. Um, you know, the, you saw the second, second leg performance was a lot better. They finally get their first win in regulation time in, on Mexican soil. And, um, I think if you're Toronto, you have to be very disappointed because I think it was very much their title to lose and they lost it. And, um, it's, it's something that's a repeat a bit in the history because of course the first time they were in the MLS Cup finals, something very similar happened to them when they, um, dominated Seattle Sounders and, you know, bottled it. They bottled the title. Um, and then the second time around won it. So I feel as this is almost a bit of a repeat story because, you know, look, they went down to Guadalajara and they won that match over 90 minutes and then uh, lost it in penalties. And from those penalties were atrocious penalties, just like they were in the MLS Cup final in 2016. So it's, it's a bit of a repeat in history. And I think it, this is very much Toronto's to lose and they lost it. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, um, you, the favourites would have went down as Toronto. I think a, a lot of people seen their tough road to the final, um, seen them beat um, other larger sides in, in the competition, and I thought that they were probably good for it, especially after a fantastic year in MLS last year. But, uh, Ollie, were you surprised? I mean, we, we talk about, uh, well, Manny just mentioned about Toronto bottling it, but um, is there anything positive we can say about Chivas over these two legs? Um, I, I, think we, I think we can. We can still say quite that they are just a good side away from home. They've shown it in the first leg. They know They're a good, away from home. good side. Yeah, but well, I, 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 I'm only not saying good, good side. Yeah, <laughs> they, 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 away from home, they seem to know how to make things work. Just at home, they're just really just terrible. I think that they lost again at home. I think like they've, they've I think I've talked about how bad their home form is. It is just utterly atrocious. I thought this this game, they, I thought they played. I thought they played quite well. I think they had, like, I think they doubled the amount of shots that Toronto had. Obviously, Chivas were just like absolutely going for it. And I think the the main thing I think to take away of this is that. Um, with the Orbelin Pineda, who had to, when I first uh, started watching the League of Mexico over, over almost like, almost like two years ago now, um, he, I thought he, this is like a really good youngster that's going to come through and possibly move to Europe and didn't have the best sort of last, maybe even, it'll come up so close to like, I was going to say 10 months, even like a year now. But in these two games against Toronto, I think he's really shown, like, he's, he's grown as a person in these last couple of games. I think he's the one who, um, got the goal in regulation time for Chivas as well. That's such an important goal that was in the end. So I think that's good that they could sort of, they've got, he's coming back to the four again now, showing the form that he started to show all that time ago now. I think defensively they showed they are 
pretty good at the back, I think. But they're probably going to lose uh, Alanis. He's off to uh, Getafe, it seems. That's going to be a big miss. They haven't really got much backup, but they do have they do have a solid foundation at the back, and obviously Cotter's really good in goal. But again, apart from that, they're not the greatest side of the world, and they think Toronto are able to put out by far two stronger teams and just somehow just couldn't get past Chivas side, whatever, obviously whatever Almeida said to them just absolutely worked. And work it did, Sam, and as Manu mentioned off the podcast, this is Chivas' second international title, uh, but their mm-hmm. first since 1962. I mean, the, this is a, an incredible feat, you know, for Almeida, and, um, and it's one of the most popular sides in Liga MX. Um, I, I, Manu, we, we talked about you know, would Almeida drop out at this point? You know, it's, has he hit the ceiling? Um, do, do you think that will be the case after this? I mean, this, this is a fantastic achievement. Oh, it absolutely is. And I think of all the Mexican sides that we had in the tournament, granted, um, the, 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 the two big ones played Toronto and were knocked out, right? Um, Chivas were probably the least likely to win this. Um, so it, it would even include Tijuana and this who, um, of course went out against New York Red Bulls. And, um, I think of the four teams that we had at this, at this stage, I, I think we expected, um, Chivas to be the least likely, likeliest to do it. And they did it. Um, again, granted, I think, and th- this is no disrespect to Chivas. I don't want to sound like Alexi Lalas, but I, I think <laughs> that I do actually think that Toronto are the better team. Um, you know, I think Toronto was way, way more likely to go out against, uh, Club America or Tigres. And this, this really did surprise me. It was the home result more than the away result that surprised me. I, I reckon that Toronto would get a home result and then carve out a result in Mexico, whatever result they needed. And I mean, they did that in a way. They did result, they did carve out the result that they needed in, in Mexico. But yeah, um, I think, to get back to your question, is this as furthest you can take Chivas? And I mean, Oli, you mentioned it. They're going to lose Alanis, um, mm-hmm. to Getafe, right? <laughs> Interesting that Getafe also apparently put in, um, an offer for Lainis, um, as well. Um, and I got rejected. Um, but it's, it seems like that, you know, this team is getting further picked apart and it's very tricky for, for Chivas to, to get signed players because they have that Mexican only policy, right? So I, I think it's, it's going to be a very tricky for Almeida to further rejuvenate the side. And as a result, yeah, maybe that's the furthest he will go. I think that it will be a very interesting summer in that regard. Oli, what do you think? Do you think uh, Almeida should probably step away from the, the club? Do you, do you think, um, if we're being a little bit, if he's being a little bit selfish, he, he can't really take it any further, as as you both guys have said. You're only going to lose um, some key players, and we've we've seen the recruitment this time last year it just didn't work for them, and so, and they struggled massively. Yeah, really badly. They're probably going to lose um, Rodolfo Pizarro as well. He's probably like their absolute key, 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 key player. He's, I think he's looking. He might go to Europe as well. I see him linked with like uh, PSV as a potential replacement if uh, Chucky moves on, but. Yeah, he's sort of like, as, as well as they've done in the, in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League, you just have to take just like a, a brief look at their league form. You think, what, across the 34 games, in, if you combine the aperture and look at yeah, they won seven overall. I mean, it's like it's absolutely dire. I mean, even like 
I think like Lobos won more than that in one season. So it sort of shows how poor they have been just in the league. Yeah, yeah it does seem like this now is like an appropriate time to step away if you want to have like a, 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 a comparative comparison of say uh, Wenger at Arsenal, for example. He could have stepped away when they won the FA Cup. Was it last season or season before that? Whenever it was, that would have been the right last time to year. step away. Last year, yeah. But it was last year, could have stepped away then. Again, also you've seen how Arsenal have done this season. And maybe Almeida, he potentially could stick around. Maybe he wants to, maybe having the chance of leading Shiraz in the Club World Cup could appeal to him. But if, if he does stick around, the results, again, don't improve. And they're not going to be in any, they're not going to be in the CONCACAF Champions League again. Obviously, they've been absolutely horrendous this season. Then he could be shown shown the door, but I think it'd be a right time for him to resign and possibly look to Europe for a job. So I'm sure that people will be taking note of him winning a, 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 the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's things look rather grim for uh, Chivas, don't they, going further, rather than looking positive after this mm-hmm. title. It's, I mean, if they hold on to Almeida in the summer, you know, it'll be a hell of a feat for them, but they need rebuilding almost, don't they? They need the investment and they need to bring in some uh, some quality players and as we mentioned one or two of those quality players that they do have um, which they don't have many of you know, could be off in the summer it's, yeah. it could be a rather tough time for them and, uh, uh, Manu do, do you think I mean if we look at you know across in Europe the Champions League obviously is such a massive feat if you win that you can uh, attract different stars Do, do it, does that have the same type of appeal um, across the water, I, I would imagine that it must do. Yeah, well, it's it's different in terms of the money that you generate, right? The winning the Champions League is um, essentially an eighty million euro prize. Um, that's not the case in in Mexico or the case in North America. It's it doesn't quite work like that. So um, you know, it's it's prestigious in terms of having won a trophy. But it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't add to you. Um, to you know, to any kind of your budget uh, in that sense. So yeah, I think it will be tricky to say, okay, look, we won the Conquer of Champions League. Now we can we're going to go out and sign player X, Y, Z. Um, interesting, maybe th- this is something to keep an eye on. Uh, looks like Chicharito is done in in with West Ham, so maybe he's gonna come home. But even that, I I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll had to. Major League Soccer over Liga MX at this point. So I'm not sure if that's going to help Chivas at all. Um, so it's no. To answer your question, short, uh, long answer short, uh, no, it doesn't help Chivas at all in that regard. Yeah, a bit of a shame from uh, that point of view for the Chivas fans uh, and, and the, uh, I suppose, the squad alike. But um, guys, uh, the, let's uh, move beyond uh, the CONCACAF Champions League and, and talk uh, more domestically. Uh, Let's uh, let's uh, look at who's actually managed to qualify for Ligue after a rather exciting uh, weekend. Uh, we seem to look at finally lose. Yes, that's right. They finally lost, and now uh, they still finish the championship top, but will play Morelia um, going forward. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to say Ollie and I were just discussing with who we predicted would get to the. Um, get to the Ligia, but uh, unfortunately we, I, we we missed writing them down, so I'm going to say we got it all right. 
probably definitely wrong but um, <laughs> that's absolutely wrong i think but manu um I, I suppose let's um even start with you i i feel we need to um congratulate you on your side at getting to um the knockout phase yeah pumas uh glorious way they did it too <laughs> um no they really didn't they they, they got the the minimum required result to, to get through uh, against Karataro. I, I watched this game and um yeah, they they need they did what they needed to do. Um, that sounds sounds good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. They did just about enough, didn't they? Uh, uh, <laughs> talk about uh, leaving in last minute. Uh, I mean, with uh, with their win over Santa Laguna, you know, it it seemed like they were um, going back in the right direction, but then to uh, come and play um, Kertaro, uh I mean. We were looking at that going, provided they don't lose, you know, they, they've got this uh, wrapped up. But they didn't make it mm. easy for themselves, did they, Oli? No, they didn't. You think they gave away a penalty that uh, pushed, like, uh, thankfully for a Pumas fan, he missed that. I mean, I, I thought Pumas, I thought, were quite good in the first half, had a lot of chances to really kill that game off. It was, I think it was early on, Volpe made a really good save. What, what player it was, but then let an absolute howler by a his standard long range shot that just went under, just went under him. But you think they got the job done in the end? They did. They did only need a point to make it through into the Ligia. I think that's the first bit, and that's what Prima did after that absolute horror show of an Apertura. They probably need to get in there anyway, shape or form, and then they can now look forward to what's going to be one of many tasty ties in the playoffs now. Yeah, I think you know they had the, they really had the benefit that. Almost all the other games were wrapped up at this point, right? So they knew what they had to do. It's one of those those lovely things that um, in Liga MX they 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 don't have all the the games, the decisive games. You know, in the Bundesliga, for example, on match day 34, all the teams play at the same time in order to prevent um, teams playing for certain results. And I guess they knew that it was a one-one draw would be enough. And um, basically, the last ten minutes were basically Pumas just. Like, yep, we have got our point. That's all we need. So um, we're going to kick the ball out whenever we can. Um, <laughs> Castillo actually tried to hammer home a free kick from, I think it was close to 40 yards out. And, I remember saying that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, the, in that altitude, I guess you can try that. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, it was it was bizarre. It was really, you know, that's that's maybe a good argument to be made that, uh, maybe all the, on the final day, all the matches should be at the same time to prevent stuff like that, right? Prevent teams playing for certain results because I think it would have been a much different match if Pumas had said, oh, okay, well, we don't actually know what's going on or there's a game's happening at the same time. Um, we're just going to go play our straight out attack, right? Um, this way, um, yeah, this way you, you have that little bit of uh, you know, bad taste with the fact that they, they knew the result that they needed. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, there's going to be games that, you know, they may not try, they may not put in any effort because they, they know what the uh, result is, they know what they're already through. But but also, I suppose you, you run the risk of maybe two teams playing out for a draw because actually it's better for the two teams. You'd like to think the two sides wouldn't do that, but, you, you know, you, you couldn't rule that out with them being at certain times. I think it's bizarre that they don't. I mean, Oli, would, would you imagine that it's it must be down to the... The TV rights, we know that obviously different clubs um, have different rights with different TV networks. Uh, do you think that then they just dictate it and go, no, we're going to put it on at X time? 
yeah, I think it just it just must be that that it doesn't matter what needs to happen on the final day. You're still gonna have it could have you're still gonna have like Monarcos playing at home on the uh, Friday night Mexican time, and you're still gonna have Veracruz playing at Sunday night Mexican time as well. It's just like even if like those I think you had that with like Monarcos and Veracruz last year, there was just there was that time where. They, they were obviously with trying to uh, stay, stay up from relegation. They didn't have them on at the same time. It's just like even with something that matters that much, they still just are not going to do it just for the sake of that that TV revenue, which is just is just seems to be all so important for the Mexican sides. It would be nice if they if they did for like for the important games have them on at the same time. Maybe not have the not all of them, but the ones where the sides are involved in. So they just trying to make the playoffs for example. You could have had like the Pumas game at the same time, the Monarchus game at the same time, and the Pachuca game as well. And that would have made it a lot more interesting and a lot more like looking back and forth two screens. But they were all on at different times. And so and luckily Pumas just completely lucked out here with like basically everyone else playing before them. They could have basically go into this game with their one objective, whereas Monarchus were basically having to frantically having to try and get a winner against Nakaxa, whereas in the end a draw was enough. Yeah, and I mean, so, you know, both of you fellas will be able to agree with me when we watch the likes of uh, maybe the Oli and I growing up with uh, the Premier League or, or maybe the Championship or whatever English uh, divisions. Uh, Manny, you growing up with uh, you know the the Bundesliga, when the games are on at the same time and they matter and they're going from one game to the other and mm-hmm. you know, they all affect each other and oh, someone scored here and that changes. It, it's an ex- just such you know an, an extravaganza isn't it it's, it's it's a real special day of just emotions and obviously it's difficult for the fans of the different uh, sides you know as they're they're brought up and down up and down as the day goes on but it, it is a real spectacle and Manu I feel like this is something that they really need to address I mean to, to be honest even with the um, fixtures that we've we've looked at the gear fixtures they they don't make it very easy to to find out what time exactly these games are starting. I mean, they, our different apps are telling us different things, and you know they, they need to iron out these uh, tiny issues just to refine the league and, and make it um, I don't know better for for the fans out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Bundesliga conference um, is something that we talk about quite a lot on the game pressing podcast, right? And then the final match days or the two final match days, you basically have the nine games on at the same time. And in Germany, there's actually something that was invented in radio is that they, they would do the conference where they would go from one stadium to another. And as things were happening, they would say, okay, look, Hamburg calling, there's something happening in Hamburg. So then they would switch from, um, the, the radio broadcast would switch from, let's say, Munich to Hamburg and something was going to happen there, right? And then they actually took this format and put it on TV. And the, the Bundesliga conference on Sky is is such an important thing, and especially in the final match day, um, with, with, with relegation, for example, this year being so tight, this, this is something really fun to watch. And I think the final match day in any league, every team should be playing at the same time, um, simply to... You know, there's all sorts of reasons, um, just to, for competitive reasons, etc. Um, I think it it just changes the flow of things. No, look, the the problem that we have, of course, is with uh, Pumas. They they had their um, they just needed a point, right? Because they know knew that Pachuca and Atlas had drawn each other uh, essentially the day before. Um, so it's a bit weird that you know knowing because if, if the thing is if you if games happening at the same time, 
that zero zero draw, yes, it would it would have been still a zero zero draw and a one one draw, but teams cannot be certain, right? You don't have teams playing the last ten minutes of a game, basically knowing that a one one result will be enough because the other game will be happening at the same time. Yes, it might be zero zero, but something could be happening in the other game. And look, and if if Pachuca had won this game, um, that would have eliminated uh, Monacas, right? So yeah, it's 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 a it's something that I would like to I like to see change. I think it'd be it'd be much better. Of course, Monacas played two uh, two against Nicaxa on um, on the on the Friday fixture Mexico time, right? So yeah, it, it'd be a good one to change. I think um, just for the integrity of the league as well. Well, I mean, obviously, we've mentioned on several occasions that, you know, we feel that there should be a few um, alterations to the game. As much as we love it and we, we know it's exciting, it, there's there's still a bit of fine-tuning um, to go um, through the league, and that's probably being rather kind. But, Oli, um, let's talk about the um, the game. We've seen Toluca Monacos, um, that's a game I mentioned it will happen. But then we've got Club America will be taking on Managed Pumas. Uh, then we've got Monterey versus Tijuana, and Santa Laguna will be taking on Tigres. I, I mean, very exciting games. Um, is there any in particular? that you're looking forward to and I, I suppose the follow-on question after that is fellas um, who's who's our favorites for this year i think you, you could go with the easy one saying america pumas because it's obviously the classico capitolano that's gonna be a, a hell of a course file but i'm quite interested by um monterey versus tijuana i just have a look at like home like to see how monterey got on this isn't at home they haven't been all that strong at home so far this year they've got four wins out there eight games, which is probably respectable for Monterey, but compared to how we know what they can do, they are ridiculously good at home. Whereas Tijuana at home, they've got one like, one six of their games, I think, which is really impressive. But look at Tijuana away from home. They haven't won a single game away from home in the close area and only scored one goal. So clearly there's something... There's, there's, I mean, they don't concede a lot of goals, Tijuana, but it's, it's going to be how they're going to line up for trying to deal with Monterey, who are just going to absolutely come flying at them. Who do, who do I think are still the favourites? I mean, I as, even though they've still they haven't really impressed me that much, and I'm normally and this is a team who we we expect will normally go into the uh, playoffs on on the back of some good form. That is a Tigra. There's still something about them that makes you think they will just do it. I mean, they haven't won in four games going into the into the playoffs, and we normally think of them as a team that would normally be, would have won their last four games going into the playoffs, thinking right, this is the team to be. But the, there is there's always something in the back of my mind. It doesn't matter what Teague would do in the regular season because they'll just get to the final somehow and then they'll just like win the title because it's, that's just what Ferretti built into them. So as, as much as it, I think they'll probably go out to Santos Segura, who I think we were calling favourites ages ago and they're sort of like, their forms dropped off a cliff for many reasons. But I still, I still have to go with Teague just because I've seen them do it before and I, I know they can do it. They, they they will just find a way to win. That's what they do. Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned many a times on the podcast, haven't we, that um, even um, towards the start of the Clause Zero, when they weren't really heading it off, they were focusing mm-hmm. a little bit more on the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, that's them and Monterey, I suppose. We should, we should label them or throw them in with them as well, that they've got experience, they've got the squads, you know, they... Their team that hard to look past getting into the final. And Manu, would you agree that um, 
I suppose Tigres are possible favourites or favourites in your eyes. Yeah, I said, um, I think last week, Monterey and Tigres. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I mean, for all the same reasons. I, I still see them as the two best teams in the league. Um, squad-wise, look, we're all, things don't change that much in half a year. Um, they were the best team. Um, they were the two best teams in the Apertura. Um, things were a little bit different in, in the Clausura, but I think if you take the, the full 34 games, um, I don't have, I don't have the, the, the two, two tables in, in front of me, but I think if you two, take the two, two, uh, the, you put the Clausura and the Apertura together, I reckon they're first and second still, aren't they? Um, so, you know, and that's, that's what you go by. You go by the full, full 34 games. You, you basically, those are the two best teams in the league. And they're also the two teams that met each other in the final. And, um, I reckon that that will be very much the same again. Yes, granted, um, Tigres are on a wayside in the first round. So, you know, um, a draw, um, essentially they, they don't, they don't have that away goal advantage, right? Uh, if they draw in the two home and away, um, they go out because the, um, the, the standing is the tiebreaker in the first round. Um, so that's a bit of a disadvantage, but I mean, Oli, you addressed it already. Santos Laguna, a side that was so explosive the first half of the mm-hmm. Clausura, they have kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit. So this is a good time for Tigris to play them. And I reckon they, they can take them out. And Tigris don't care if they, if they play the second game away from home. Um, I think that really, doesn't matter to them very much. And I mean, Monterey, they're now third, um, shot up the table there and even on points with Club America, um, which is something, you know, when in the beginning of the, the closer, we didn't see really happening. We, we thought, um, that Santos Laguna maybe would walk away with it. And I mean, Toluca were, were had a fantastic clausura, but I just don't see their squad being strong enough to win the title. Um, you know, any given day, even they could even go out against Monarchas. So, you know, I just don't, I just don't see, I can't look beyond, um, the two Monterey sides, um, long story short. Yeah. I, I mean, I must agree. I mean, Toluca have been on, on fantastic form, haven't they? Um, you know, since, uh, Christmas in the class there, but I, I don't know. Maybe that loss is a sign, um, of things to come that, you know, they, they haven't got the experience. They maybe don't have the squad, you know, to go, um, Deep into the uh, competition, uh, I I think you'd be a you'd be a crazy man to to bet on anyone, but um, the likes of Monterey, America, and and Tigres, they just they have the experience. They're they're here every year, and they've they've got some fantastic firepower up top. And with the Club America, just that organization, don't they? Uh, it, it's going to be a, a a difficult one. Um, Ollie, let's go to you for um possible players to look out for uh, going into Ligia? Possible players. Um, I think with Santos Laguna, you still have to look at Giannini. Obviously, he's, he's, when he was he started off unbelievably well, still up as a top goal scorer in the Clausera. Form dipped after his injury, but he's, he's slowly getting back to where he's at. Obviously, we, we've not we talked about Giannini a lot. I think for, for Tijuana, I think it's quite an interesting... I'll try and name off from each team. From Tijuana, I think uh, Damien Musto in midfield has been really, really impressive. I could have said Pablo Aguilar at the back, who's been like a remarkable signing. I still don't know why Club America let him go. It makes no sense. I guess they wanted to free up a foreign player spot, but he's been a 
absolute revelation for them, but Mustoe in midfield, sort of like a defensive midfielder. I think they signed in from Rosario Central when, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the ex-Tirana uh, manager now, but yeah, he's been really impressive. You look at Monarcos, you, you can't, you can't really go past Rui Diaz for that one. I think I saw earlier on, um, as I do, I look at, uh, Mexican players, uh, Instagram, and I was looking at uh, how Rui Diaz is, and he put on his Instagram story of him, having some treatment for like a thigh injury. So he could potentially be ruled out of, if not both the uh, course final match, possibly the first one. And then you get, then you move it back on to the likes of, I think you, you look at Monterey. I mean, it's, it, normally with Monterey, I'd just say like Hurtado straight away, but he's been a bit hit and miss so far. I think the loss of Funes Mori to injury is quite, a, affected him quite a bit. I think he could be back for the, um, if not the uh, first, like, potentially the second look of the course finals, and he was starting to hit the season really good form before he picked up an injury. For Toluca, for me, it's Sam Boesa. He's just an absolute class, class player. He missed the last two games through injury. Not basically, not wasn't risked for the one at the weekend. Toluca did rotate quite heavily, and like I think what we're saying about Toluca, yeah, they don't have much depth. I think that's, they showed that in that loss of Tijuana. They rotated quite a bit and just weren't the same size as that starting level. So if they lose like one or two players to injury, they will suffer quite badly. And then it's the other two sides, Tigre and uh, Club America. I think Tigre, for me, it's Rafael Carioca as, their, as the key player to watch for them, superb centre midfielder. And for America, it's probably Matias uh, Arrivo, who's been superb. So yeah, there's there's quite there's a few key players to watch. But if you if you had to pick up one standout key player to probably watch, I, oh, it's so hard to, to narrow it down. Probably... I'd be looking. I'd be looking at Monterey. I'm still, still going with Hurtado because he does have the ability to just do ridiculously good things and could potentially try and lead Monterey to a um, a title that they've been wanting for for God knows how long now. Manu, what about uh, Santa Laguna? Watch. I mean, is that over now? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Not entirely. I mean, um, of all the teams that have that, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that you know, of all the teams that have that. Um, second leg at home, which is usually an advantage. They drew the toughest team to play at home, right, with with uh Tigers. So it's it's going to be a tough one for them. But um look Tigers have in the past shown that they, they can bottle it as well. Um so yeah Janini watch is still on they will need him to be on fire. Um it's too bad you know Oli you mentioned Raul Ruiz Diaz. Um it's too bad he's going to miss that first round because he's an absolute Great player to watch. Um, I, th- I think that's that's really bad news if that's true for Monarchus. Yeah, Be- um, because they they only half the side without him. He's he scored nine goals. Um, I, you know, we did our it's an article is gonna be out by the time the podcast is actually out. There will be an article out on uh, Latin American players to watch at the World Cup breakout watch. Um, and I had Raul Ruiz Diaz in on that list because, you know, he's going to be there with Peru and a lot of people don't know who he is. Um, because, you know, he wasn't really on the radar for a lot of people. Um, and he scored a goal every second game in Liga MX this season. And this is again the full season, right? Um, 14 goals in 28 games. It's a, it's a very good number, and um, you have to remember, of course, he was the guy who single-handedly got um, Monarcas out of relegation in the Clausura last season and got him into the playoffs at the same time. Huh? God bless Liga MX for that rule. Um, so he's he's definitely a player to watch, usually, and it'd be a real shame not to have him in that first round. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I suppose that we guys have more or less does it for the uh, the gear um, preview. But uh, just before we do move on, when when are these games taking place for anyone listening that uh, is maybe uh, slightly unsure? <laughs> Uh, we've got. This so, is an open question. Whoever can get yeah. the answer will get a get a free meatball. Yeah, we try to Google it. <laughs> no, don't because I googled it and it wasn't right either. If you want well, to we it, don't know which source is wrong yet, though. I, I would trust the, either LibreMex Twitter or the LibreMex official site. They seem to be the ones that, when I was covering the league, they were the ones that did used to have the times right. But there was then sometimes where they were still wrong as well. So I say I'm ninety percent confident with what I've just said. <laughs> don't go by fanatis the, the if you if that's the way you watch Liga MX because they just put down the time as ten o'clock for every match at the same time on Thursday and I can assure you that that's wrong. Exactly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> they're, they're like if you really want to watch it, you'll find it. You'll find what time it's on. At. I think they put that in because they don't know the exact times yet. But um, I think that Google probably the day before. Well, we know that Pumas Club America. Will be the the Wednesday game Mexico time Thursday early morning for us. Um, we have two different times given to us, but we know that game will be taking place on Wednesday. Um, so if you're in North America Wednesday night, same with Club Tijuana against Monterrey, that will be Wednesday night, and then of course Tigres Santos Laguna will be Thursday night, and Monaco's Toluca will be Thursday night, and then of course uh, for us Friday mornings. There we go. It's come from the man himself. He he's in the know. I hope. Simplified it. Simplified it. Simplified. Exact times to be determined. <laughs> well, well, guys, let's talk a little bit away from the the gear. Uh, Manu, we're going to go back to you. You know, we're going to talk about uh, Landon Donovan. Um, oh, what did he do now? Uh, <laughs> probably not a lot if you're basing it on his match performances. Oh, that was maybe a bit low, but true. But true, he hasn't done a lot. Um, Manu, what's um? What's Leonard Donovan done uh, this week? Uh, we, we, we should have Leonard Donovan watched, really. Yeah, we should. Hashtag uh, Lady Cakes. Um, no, um, serious note. He did get in an altercation with um, Isaac Prizuela um, in Chivas against Leon. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand quite why, because, you know, Leon was, was pretty much dominating this game and... Um, I think it was a bit of a frustrating season to be to be frank for um for Donovan because not as many many games he, the only goal he scored wasn't a friendly against his former club San Jose um yeah n- n- not very not a great uh, first half season and I think it, it's always was going to be a, an uphill battle for him because coming back from um was it a sabbatical are we calling it retirement or- Sabbatical, are we going the new age North American term? Or... <laughs> Isn't that what a sabbatical is? Uh, I think so. I'm just trying to think of American words to use. Uh... And a sabbatical, it's it's from California and they're, they're alternative down there, you know, okay. yoga and uh, all that stuff. They, they probably um, get Sundays there, and you know, if it's if it's Sunday, you are a Sunday. You get a day off, don't you, in, in some jobs and in, in some countries. And but the only thing is, he's, you know, that because he's from that neck of the woods, he probably gets most of the year off. Are you believing the the Hollywood stereotype that people just hang out in cafes and you know, like in the TV sitcom shows where they just hang out in cafes and drink their lattes and talk about life? 
It's yes. not, and, you know, real life isn't friends. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were in New York, weren't they? Anyway, we're getting, uh, yeah, we're getting, we're getting away from somewhere it in America. All, but, uh, yeah, back, we are. Back to Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's been terrible. Just... We, yeah, he, he it wasn't a great time. Uh, is he coming back? What do you guys think? I can't see him staying at Leon. It just hasn't been worth it. It hasn't worked out at all. He's made one start, little bits and pieces off the bench here and there. I mean, he's what, 36 now? I mean, does he retire again or does he go back to America and maybe just see out the rest of his career with an American sign out? Because I, I can't. I'd be amazed if he stays at Leon while they, they would keep him and he himself would stay because it's, it's just been a move that everyone raised eyebrows when it occurred and like the people who raised those eyebrows are probably are now very correct because it's not worked out well for anyone. Mm. Just, just, it's a bit disappointing. I didn't want him to do well, but when I just saw him in like the 10, 20 minutes he was getting off the bench, he was just like, oh wow, he really does look his age now and clearly is a player who hasn't played for like over a year, it just felt, it just, it was a, it was a little bit, just, I don't want to say sad, cause that sounds harsh on Donovan in his career, but it was just like, you didn't need to come back and prove yourself here because you've already done it throughout your career. Really, really controversial statement here, Ollie, but do you think Landon Donovan has cost Leon a League of spot? Two uh, points, two points, you know, with all the sideshow and all that stuff going on, um, friendly trips to, to, to California and all that. You know, two points, ten percent more. Possibly, poss- oh, I don't know if it's was it possibly. Yeah, I mean, two points. That's all they would have. I would have required in the end to get there. Possibly mm. at times where it's just sort of like if you, you turn to him off the bench ahead of some other, some other players. Well, I think I think that I mean, speak about Leon in general. I think it's just it's been a bit of a mess with injuries and some signings just not working out at all. Like one guy just yonks, they signed for Malaga's basically just been frozen out. So. But I, you, you could add the Donovan, the Donovan factor in that it's like, if he wasn't there, do you, maybe these youngsters would have got a bit more of a chance rather than this 36 year old who just clearly isn't up to it anymore. Well, and also it's the soap opera story, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great that he went down there because, um, there was a really good article. I think it was in the, it was maybe in the New York Times, um, where they, where they basically followed Lon Donovan's, um, time in Mexico over the last half year and the, the fact that he has come to terms with the country because he was such a hated figure whenever he played down there with the United States and I think um, it's a really neat article on how he's he's traveled quite a bit through the country himself but the constant media attention of course really getting getting to to the club and the, the surrounding and the fact that there was a move to protest against Donald Trump's wall and all that kind of stuff that kept boiling up, right? And it's just, I just wonder if it's just turned into a bit more too much of a soapy US story. Yeah, I must agree with Ollie. I, I can't see him being there this time next year or even in a few months, you know, when, when the aperture starts up. I, I just don't see it. I, I think there must have been more to this move uh, and this deal than just footballing reasons because for footballing reasons it didn't make any sense I mean we we all know that Donovan has been a very good player in, in the past you know um, well, we'll not take that away from him but I mean why would you spend I would imagine decent enough money as well um, in bringing a player that hasn't played you know in, in a few years and to his own admission said that he wasn't fit enough to to, to play 
um, to even run after his kids in the backyard. I, I, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, apart from if it's a political move. Maybe uh, Leon Cena as a bit of publicity, the player Cena as a bit of publicity, and it worked from that point of view. But on the field, it's it's been rather pointless, hasn't it? Has it affected them maybe getting into the league? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the team were good enough and he could have just popped on every so often. I mean, put it this way, if he had a sign for Tigres or, or Monterey, I, I think he, he you know, they would have qualified anyway. It wouldn't have really affected them. But for Leon, I, I don't know. I don't know whether it would have affected the players in the dressing room, you know, and you know, the, maybe the hype around the club. I, it, it's hard to know isn't it for sure but um guys um by the way i mean i've i kind of i've, I've been trying to uh, look up uh, in recent days what the story is with Raphael morrison I, I does anyone know what's going on there i i mean he did have some bright moments um at atlas but fell out of favors in, in the last couple of of weeks or months shall we say um as uh, atlas have had some uh, a bit of a troubled spell um, I mean, they've, they've been on slightly better form recently, but um, I, I mean, do, do we see a possible move for him or or even from one of the other Liga MX sides? I think he might have to move, quite sadly, because when I left uh, the Liga MX covering them, he was like hitting, finally hitting some really good form. Like in that January, he was really impressing me. And then all of a sudden, Okay, Atlas, the, the results still weren't going for them. He was getting dropped to the bench a few times. And now they've brought up their new manager at the moment, uh, Gerardo Espinosa, I believe is one of the youth team coaches. And I mean, he well, got injured a few times, missed the game at the weekend because he basically got hit in the face with the ball. But they've been playing these like 21-year-olds, 20-year-olds, like in midfield, just like starting ahead of him. But like, the manager, the managers or whoever it is, just clearly just don't trust him. But he's still been looking good off the bench. So it's sort of, it's a, it's a weird situation with Ravelio. I don't want to hope that it's sort of like his, um, that's not like disciplinary issues again, that seems to have like haunted him wherever he's gone. I somehow thought he'd sorted that out, but I get that. I'm just speculating that there. But the fact that he, the manager's coming and using 19 year olds starting ahead of Morrison must, there clearly must be something going on there. Is it, is it tied with the fact that he wants to, uh, play for the Jamaican national team as well? You think he wants to get minutes, he wants to play for them, so. It is, it is an odd situation. Was, uh, I, I, I would quite like to see him stay in Mexico, move to another side. I do think he's good enough to start for not some of the bigger sides, but I definitely for like a, I think what, sorry, possibly like a, a Leon or a Cruz at all. I know Cruz at all are going to get rid of, uh, Pena because he's been spotted, um, getting drunk at two o'clock in the morning before a game. So maybe there's a attacking the field of spot freeing up there, but yeah, they need to, to re- let Morrison flourish because he can, he's shown what he can do in this league, and it's just just not getting the game time to that his performances deserve. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, baffling, isn't it, that he's he's been dropped and uh, disciplinary um, actions maybe being taken out on him by him not playing by different things that he's he's done that we're not aware yeah. of is is always a possibility with Ravel, unfortunately. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that one pans out, but he, he will be returning to Lazio, where, whether we'll see him in Liga MX again, um, I, I don't know. Um, I would love it if we did, because it draws some uh, English uh, press to it, and and I, I think he's also got an awful lot of talent, but um, 
well let, let's see where he ends up uh, he may be on one of the other <laughs> football uh, graded network uh, podcasts you never know right uh, but um, yeah the, let's talk about uh, transfers uh, Manu, the, there's talk that um, transfers are slightly going to change in, in League MX or what's this all about Hi, this is Rachel Fisher. And this is Desi Jenikin. And we host the Hollywood Crime Scene Podcast. We're really excited to tell you about the best Christmas ever on AMC+, where every day feels like Christmas morning. From new holiday favorites like Elf and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation to modern and iconic family classics, you can spend the holiday season opening only the good stuff. And with new series, episodes, movies, and fresh content arriving every week, AMC Plus is the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Sign up today at amcplus.com. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. Imagine if you could dry, detangle, style, and volumize your hair all in one step. Well, it's easy with the Not Doctor All-in-One Dryer Brush by Conair. Create beautiful blowout styles at home with a powerful 1,000-watt motor for quick drying and easy glide Flexalite bristles for snag-free detangling. Customize styling with three heat settings and use the cool shot to lock in your look. Ionic technology reduces frizz, bonus attachment volumizes your hair, makes a great gift for yourself or someone special. Go to conair.com for the Not Doctor All-in-One Dryer Brush now. Yeah, um, it looks like they're finally going to get free agency, <laughs> and the, the the Pacto de Caballeros, of course, the owners, right? The Pact of the Owners. The the fact when when they had the bossman came in in Europe, um, that wasn't quite the case. Uh, in Mexico, um, clubs can hang on to contracts even though players are um, have the contracts expire, um, and then they can transfer players in between the leagues. That the draft, of course, is, is something that's spoken of quite often as um, something quite medieval, you know, where players just get traded back and forth and have little to no say of where they're going to end up. Um, then there was, of course, uh, Pudilo was, of course, involved in a contract dispute a few years ago with, um, with that he had a degrees. Um, this is, of course, something that was reenacted in the Club to Coevas, the, 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 um, the television show um, about Liga MX. Um, so it looks like that they finally have figured out some sort of uh, agreement um, that will add, essentially act and the act, uh, the Pacto de Caballeros, um, and bring in something like free agency. Um, and that new rule is supposed to be coming in um, by the 29th season, uh, 19th season. Um, so by in the interim period, players will receive a contract extension. And I mean, um, they, they managed to do this because actually Rafa Marcus and, um, the non-existing players union yet, um, although they're, they're really working on getting that going, um, threatened to strike during this match day if no deal was agreed on. So, um, I think players are finally getting together and putting their foot down and changing some of the transfer rules in the MX. Oh, wow, I mean, uh, this is a pretty big news. Um, uh, Oli, do, do you see this being a, a benefit to the clubs and players alike? Yeah, I can think it can only be a good thing. It seems to be it's such a long-awaited thing for this to happen. It needs to be abolished because it was just such a when I first came onto league, it just seemed such a strange concept to have regarding transfers and stuff. And it's it's taken a long time to finally get the changes going. I think the fact that they it's similar to what the uh, referees did when, when they were potentially going to strike uh, last cause error as well, that maybe it just needed, it, has, it was just getting to a head 
with the new season approaching in a couple of months, okay, we haven't finished this season yet, but with the team's going to be looking at transfers in a month, two months' time, that they just needed to get it done. It, 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 it will be beneficial in the future. Maybe the owners don't see it at the moment, but it's, I, I do think it's something that, that could only be a good thing for Liga, for the Liga MX. It'll, it'll bring them like in alignment with other leagues as well. And it's sort of like, it's not now like, like a, it's not going to be a strange thing to leave. It's like they're now more closely related to European leagues. Yeah, I, I think it's only going to be a good thing uh, for them as well going forwards. Um, but let's um, let's see the impact. Um, hopefully, we'll uh, notice it sooner rather in the long term. But even the long term wouldn't be a bad thing if uh, if we're being honest. Um, guys, I, I feel we should probably talk about relegation then. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Odin, guys. I know. People are probably listening. Going, well, Lobos a relegator, right? What's there to talk about? Uh, not, not exactly. That's <laughs> aside from all these rather, um, rather apt, I think. Um, Ollie, let let's go to you for this. Um, I, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've had um, to write it all down as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Ollie will be reading off a script. No, I, I feel. But uh, yes, yeah, for anyone listening, imagine Ollie putting on his reading glasses and then folding a piece of paper. It's like so, I, I have been so unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, just almost sitting in an armchair by the fireplace. To be fair. Um, uh, yeah, for anyone listening, yes, there's there's more ups and downs and twists and turns uh, in Liga MX, and uh, the, this is the latest one. Um, Ollie, the the floor is yours. I will try to make it as brief as possible, but I don't know if I actually can. So yeah, technically, Lobos are relegated. They were technically relegated with two games to go, but from the weekend in the Ascenso. Uh, one team already in the, uh, the winners of the Apertura and the Cortero play each other in the, uh, final for promotion. And the winners of the Apertura were, uh, Alibra Head, uh, Owaka. And they're okay. one of the side, they're one of the sides who, um, they haven't, um, got the right certification to be promoted. And, uh, that's, I think there's only like four or five sides who can be. And one of those sides who could be was, uh, Club Universidad de Guadalajara. And they were in the, um, Cortero final against Cafetalores de Tapachula. And Cafetalores are another side who, who again don't have the right to get promoted. So and and to make it awkward, obviously Capital is won the Crosera. So now they play Alibrahe in the final, and obviously whoever wins that can't get promoted. They just win like it's some sort of large amount of money. I can't remember what it's on the top of my head. And what basically that basically means now is Lobos can either they've got a chance. They've got two weeks to pay 120 million pesos, which is about just over four and a half million pounds. And if they do that. They remain in the Liga MX. It will be an 18-team season, and relegation for the following two seasons will still be put on hold. However, if they don't, and apparently a board member told uh, Medio Tempo, which is like a, uh, a Liga MX site, a sort of sports site, that the club doesn't actually have the funds, and that will only happen if like, basically someone injects that amount of money into them, or they sell players, or etc. But if they don't, they, it would then just be they'll have a 17-team league, and but relegation will still be put on hold. So. Which that's the situation I think anybody wants. Somebody wants a 17 team league because they're trying to get to a 20 team league. So, but what also could possibly happen is Lobos, they may, there's teams, they may try and pay the money and then sell the franchise. I think it was, uh, Tom Marshall I saw put on Twitter, uh, that, um, uh, one team who had potentially interest, uh, FC Juarez. So basically Lobos would pay that money. Juarez would come in, basically, I guess they have some sort of front some, some amount of that money and then Lobos would have sell that. To Juarez, and then Juarez will then be, te- will technically be Lobos, but 
under the, the Warriors name, the Lobos team will move to Warriors, and then the Warriors will be in the uh, will be in the Liga Mets for next season with eighteen teams. I think that's covered it ish. <laughs> yeah, there's an, there's another twist. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, a tie over to uh, Manu Vet, who will discuss the next phase. Um, I think that both the teams that have um, are in the in the final. Um, so that's the uh, Cafetaleros who have a stadium with twenty five thousand seats, um, <laughs> which is enough technically, but it isn't because. The, the facility doesn't quite meet apparently the standards that the MX is talking, but technically the stadium is big enough. Um, so they are in negotiation with the league and Oaxaca, um, have a stadium of 14,950. Um, they are also trying to get into the league somehow because their stadium is a little newer and could be possibly expanded. Um, so they are trying to, to meet the standards to go up. Um, so there is another twist. And Oaxaca Stadium was actually fairly new. It was only built in 2016. So it's a, it's a fairly new facility. So yeah, there is possibly another twist. But yeah, Oli, you're, you're quite right. Um, Juarez is, of course, a team. Um, large market. There has been Juarez teams in, in Liga MX before. I mean, Juarez, of course, um, Known for a lot of things other than football, of course, also because of the violence and the crime that's been going on there. Um, many disappeared people, um, due to the war of drug cartels, etc. So it is also unfortunately known for that. Um, there, there is actually a really, really, really good book, um, on the, on the Indios, the, the team that played there before. Um, fantastic book, actually. I'm just trying, trying to remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I recommend everyone to read. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's an interesting story because I think that Juarez could come up with the money, um, to, to play in, to play in Liga MX next year if they can buy the rights, um, from, <laughs> from Bo- Lobos, if Lobos cough up the money. I think one of the big issues is, of course, that Lobos are a university team. Um, is a university going to be able to pay essentially a 5 million pounds, 6.5 million um, euros, um, you know, 7 million dollars, I think it is. Um, it's a lot of money um, for a university to cough up for what's essentially um, a football team that's had financial troubles um, all season. So it's it's going to be a really interesting story all around. Well, that's it, Manu. You, I, I was waiting to to speak, but you you took the words out of my mouth in that they're a university, and the likelihood of um, a university team forking that type of money you, is it just me, guys, or you'd imagine that the likelihood's going to be rather slim? Yeah, it looks um, it looks slim. Um, I think I, I think um, it looks very slim that there there will be someone you know coughing up that money. I think the only thing I can see is that someone will be investing that money and then take, then they can sell the franchise for more. It'd be, um, sort of like a loan to buy deal, <laughs> you know, um, sort of to make money in order to, in order to buy the team to, in order to make money. Um, I, I just don't see, um, a chance of, of this team staying there. Of course, I mean, there's always lots of twists and changes and maybe someone sees like, oh, a huge business opportunity there. 
um, where Flo was and um, wanted to keep the team there. Um, I've actually found the, the title of the book. I've read this book. Um, if anyone wants to read about Juarez, it's called, the book is called This Love is Not for Cowards, Salvation in Soccer and CO.Juarez, um, written by Robert Andrew Powell. Fantastic, fantastic book. Um, Bryce, we should probably try to get him on if Juarez um, are the team to play next season. Oh, that'd be exciting, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe we will. Maybe we'll just try and do that. And for anyone else listening, if there's anyone else you'd like to um, to hear come on the uh, podcast, uh, apart from Alexi Lalas or uh, Lana Donovan, <laughs> uh, let us know. We'll we'll try and organise it. But guys, I, I think that more or less does it. I think we, we've covered quite a lot of ground tonight. Um, Manu, uh, let's go to you. Um, um, is there anything else you'd like to cover? If not, then uh, what are you covering this coming week? What's going on with you and on the Football Grads uh, Network? Yeah, we're covering the Champions League games. Um, the, of course, Liverpool um, against Roma, the return like in Italy. Um, pretty sure they're going through, but we're covering it anyways. And then, of course, Bayern against um, Real Madrid. Bayern have it all. Still all work for um, the go-through. Um, and then I'm in Salzburg on Thursday to cover the Salzburg Olympic Marseille game. Um, got accredited for that match, so excited to go down there. Um, and then I'm heading to Greece on Friday to hang out with Thomas Farines. And um, we're doing some special stories on his his work in Greece with, these, with Syrian refugees. But also on top of that, um, some specials on Greek food, football. And that will be all on footballgrad.com. Oh, very exciting. And yes, as we said on the uh, Gig and Preston podcast, uh, well done, Thomas. Uh, that's uh, a fantastic uh, charity. It's um, it's really something special. Manu, where can people uh, read up about this or, or maybe get in touch re- regarding it? Um, is, is there anything on the Football Grad Network about it? Yeah, we had Thomas on, on the Football Grad podcast, I believe, about three weeks ago. Um, but there's also his, you can follow him. I think it's called Akio. Um, his, his, uh, the Twitter handle of his organization. Um, and you can follow him, um, at Thomas Farines, um, F-A-R-I-N-E-S, where he tweets it all out. And of course, um, we'll, we'll promote this even more, um, by the time, um, I'm down there, etc. Yeah, very exciting. Well done, Thomas Wood again. Uh, Oli, uh, <laughs> well, I would imagine that you're going to be involved with uh, Swedish football this week. Um, what have you got going on, or what would you like to um, draw people's attention to? Uh, the one I'm only super in again. Two oh, games tomorrow at two, two games tomorrow at two o'clock. I've, That's what we want. I've got the both of you on here. Um, Manu, when are we going to have a super written uh, podcast? Can't be long. Uh... <laughs> You seem to break up there a little bit. <laughs> Hello? Hello? I don't know what's happened there. Hello? Oh, uh, what? Sorry, Ollie, but uh, go back to explain uh, what games you've got covering and going on this week. Uh, tomorrow we've got Halmstad versus Falkenberg, which I'm informed is a derby. I wasn't aware of that, so that could be quite a good one. And the other one is uh, Norby versus Jonkoping. I, I can imagine everyone is salivating over both of those games. Could be watching at 2 o'clock tomorrow when you're at work. Apart from that, I mean, the Super Retin is, as it does, there's games Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. So I'm, I'm constantly busy with games every single day. So that's what I've got going on for me this week. And if you want to see me tweeting about it, which I'm sure everyone wants to, you can follow me at FRFootballOlly, O-L-L-Y. It's all about Ollie's Instagram page. Might, <laughs> I've never seen a man eat so many brunches 
unbelievable stuff. It's just... different ones every week as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Salivating is what I am. Just looking at that Instagram page. But um, yeah, th- thank you very much for tuning in. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the Galazzo podcast. Um, if you have, please head over to Alexa iTunes or wherever you receive your podcast from and just give us some, some positive feedback we greatly appreciate that but uh, as we always say get in touch on the likes of uh, Twitter head over to at Football Grad Live for all the different match reports um, articles uh, and so much more uh, from Manu, uh, Chris Williams uh, and the rest of the guys uh, uh, I've been your host Bryce Dunn you can get me on Twitter at Bryce Dunn 11 I'm looking forward to some Champions League football and hoping Liverpool can progress that would be exciting for me and hopefully a Bayern Munich final let's see what happens but um, yes we've got an exciting uh, midweek of Ligia action as well um, mm. no doubt we'll be tweeting um, about them and talking about them in next week's podcast uh, thank you for tuning in and adios <laughs>